Hare Krishna everyone, we are continuing to read the teachings of Lord Kapila, the book by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, Chapter 14, Bhakti as Ultimate Liberation. Continuing. Our senses are also controlled by different demigods. Our senses are representations of various demigods and the mind is the representation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The senses, led by the mind, act under the influence of the demigods. When the service is ultimately aimed at the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the senses are in their natural position. The Lord is called Hrishika, Hrishikesha. The Lord is called Hrishikesh, for he is actually the proprietor and the ultimate master of the senses. The senses and the mind are naturally inclined to work, but when they are materially contaminated, they work for some material benefit or for the service of the demigods although actually they are meant to serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The senses are called Hrishika. The senses are called Hrishika. And the Supreme Personality of Godhead is Hrishikesha. Indirectly, all the senses are naturally inclined to serve the Supreme Lord. That is called Bhakti. Kapiladeva said that in devotional service, the senses, without desire for material profit or other selfish motives, are engaged in the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That spirit of service is far better than Siddhi, salvation. Bhakti, the inclination to serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is in a transcendental position, far superior to mukti, liberation. Thus, bhakti is the stage after liberation. Unless one is liberated, one cannot engage the senses in the service of the Lord. When the senses are engaged either in material activities of sense gratification, or in the activities of the Vedic injunctions, there is some motive. But when the senses are engaged in the service, in the service of the Lord, without ulterior motive, that is called animitta and is the natural inclination of the mind. The conclusion is that when the mind, undeviated either by Vedic injunctions or by material activities, is fully engaged in Krishna consciousness or devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one is situated far above mere liberation from material entanglement. Bhakti 
devotional service is transcendental even to mukti, liberation. Generally, people are concerned with dharma, artha, kama, and moksha. In the beginning, there is dharma, religion. Then artha, economic development. Kama, sense gratification. Then moksha, merging into the supreme one. However, bhakti is above all these. Mukti is not very important for a bhakta. In the words of Bilva Mangal Thakur, Mukti svayam mukulitan jalisevate smat. Quote, Mukti herself is standing with folded hands, waiting to serve the devotee. Unquote. Krishna Karnamrita 107. This is the experience of Bilva Mangal Thakur, who was a very rich South Indian Brahman. Due to bad association, Bilva Mangal Thakur became a very staunch prostitute hunter, and he spent all his money on a prostitute named Chintamani. One night, during a terrible rainstorm, Bilvamangala went to see Chintamani, but the prostitute was thinking, mm, surely tonight Bilvamangala will not come. This is a terrible storm. Nonetheless, Bilvamangala came despite all difficulties. Somehow he managed to cross the raging river, and when he saw the gates of Chintamani's house closed, he somehow managed to jump over them. Despite all dangers, he reached Chintamani's house and the prostitute, be being very astonished, said, How is it you have come tonight? Oh, you are so attracted to the skin. If you had, if you had just have this much attraction for Krishna, it would certainly be to your benefit. Bilva Mangal Thakur then immediately left the prostitute's house and went to Vrindavan. The fact was that in his previous life he had executed devotional service up to Bhava Bhakti. Thus the prostitute Chintamani actually became his guru. While in Vrindavan, Bilva Mangal Thakur wrote a book named Krishna Karnamrita, which has been recommended by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In that book, Bilva Mangal Thakur writes, quote, If we have devotion fixed on you, my Lord Bhagavan, then we can easily see your divine form as Kaishora Murti, a young boy. Unquote. Another name for Krishna is Kaishora. The word Kaishora or Kishora refers to the age before marriage. That is, it refers to a boy between the age of 11 and 16. Shri Krishna is always Kishora Murti. By devotional service, one can see the Kaishora, Kaishora Murti, Kishora Murti 
of Krishna very easily. Jai. When Bilva Mangala Thakur was going to Vrindavan, he was still attracted to women. One night, he stayed at the house of a very rich merchant. And the merchant's wife told her husband that Bilva Mangal Thakur was attracted to her. She asked her husband what to do, and the husband, the merchant, simply said, serve him. Finally, Bilva Mangal Thakur came to his senses, and he thought, these eyes are my enemies. When the beautiful woman approached him, Bilva Mangal Thakur said, Mother, please give me the pins out of your hair. I am very mad after the beauty of women. So let me pluck out my eyes. In this way, he blinded himself. Although he could not see, in Vrindavan he was supplied milk by Krishna himself by Krishna himself. Thus he personally realized that through bhakti he realized Krishna through bhakti personally and wrote of his personal experience. He wrote, quote, Mukti is not a very important thing. She is always at my service with folded hands saying, my dear sir, what can I do for you? Thus, a devotee is not very anxious for Mukti, because he is already liberated. If a man has a million dollars, why should he hanker after ten rupees? Bhakti should be animitta, without motive. Actually, Krishna can fulfill all of our wishes without difficulty because He is almighty and full of all opulences. If we want material happiness from Krishna, it is certainly not difficult for Him to grant it. He can also give us mukti, liberation, but it is foolishness to ask for anything from Krishna except bhakti. It is foolishness to ask anything from Krishna except bhakti. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to say that asking God for mukti or anything else other than bhakti is like going to a rich man and asking for ashes. A very strong comparison. There is another story about an old woman who was carrying a bundle of dry, dry wood through the forest. Somehow or other, the bundle, which was very heavy, fell to the ground. The old woman became very disturbed and thought, Who will help put this bundle back on my head? She then began to call on God, saying, God, help me. Suddenly, God appeared 
and said, What do you want? She said, Please help me put this bundle back on my head. <laughs> so this is our foolishness. When God comes to give us some benediction, we simply ask him to load us down again with all these material bundles. We ask him for more material things, for a happy family, for a large amount of money, for a new car, or whatever. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches us that we should only beg God for his service, life after life. This is the actual meaning of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. When we are chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, we are actually addressing God and his energy Hara. Hara is Krishna's internal potency, Srimati Radharani or Lakshmi. Jai Radhe, this is Daivi Prakriti, and the devotees take shelter of the Daivi Prakriti, Srimati Radharani. Thus, the Vaishnavas worship Radha Krishna, Lakshmi Narayan, Sita, and Rama. In the beginning of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, we first address the internal energy of Krishna, Hare. Thus, we say, O Radharani, O Hare, O energy of the Lord. When we address someone in this way, he usually says, Yes, what do you want? And the answer, the answer is, Please engage me in your service. This should be our prayer. We should not say, O energy of the Lord, O Krishna, please give me money, please give me a beautiful wife, please give me many followers, please give me some prestigious position. Please give me the presidency. These are all material hankerings, which should be avoided. Lord Buddha advocated that we give up all material desires. It is not possible to become desireless, but it is possible to give up material desires. It is the nature of the living entity to desire. It is not possible to be desireless. If one is desireless, so he is dead. Desirelessness means purifying one's desire. And desire is purified when we only desire the service of Krishna. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches. We shall continue tomorrow. Jai, so thank you so much for tuning in today. The link to this book is in the description. Please check out our website, shravanamdiaries.com and we shall see you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.